Welcome to the Don't HR Alone podcast, your daily source for news and updates relevant to the HR profession. We bring you weekly interviews with HR leaders, CEOs, and small business owners, along with our daily updates. Each day, you can tune in for updates by following us on the social media of your choice. We post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe by going to don'thralone.com. And our show is on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Don't HR Alone, episode number 56. My name is Rami Alijil. You may have noticed these last few days we focused more on questions submitted and less on state compliance updates. I've decided to focus each day on questions and then deep dives into individual topics so we can get more actionable information for most of our listeners and then summarize the compliance stuff, the minimum wage changes, those kind of things, once per week. Today, let's do our update on everything that changed last week. First up, retirement plans. The U.S. Department of Labor has issued a a second set of frequently asked questions about the transition period for its fiduciary rules. Those new guidance covers the fiduciary status disclosure, whether recommendations to plan participants and IRA owners to contribute or increase contributions, constitute fiduciary investment advice, and whether recommendations to employers and other plan fiduciaries on plan design changes intended to increase plan participation and contribution rates constitute fiduciary advice under the rule. These are important because these are kind of edge cases. For example, you may hire a company like a marketing company or communications company there to help um, increase the contribute or increase the participation in your plan. If they're providing that information and advice, does that count as fiduciary levels? All that's answered on their new FAQ. It's quite long, so we're not going to get into it. I recommend you look it up. You can find it by typing in DOL FAQ retirement plans and it'll pop right up. Or you can go to our blog and there's a link on there at donhralone.com. Next up, non-discrimination in health programs. A federal district court in Texas granted the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services a stay on proceedings involving a final rule provision that prohibits discrimination based on gender identity and termination of pregnancy in federally funded health programs, staying the case and resuming consideration for all pending motions after agency review of the rule will promote judicial efficiency and impose no undue prejudice on the plaintiff's reasoned the court. The new order does not impact an earlier nationwide preliminary injunction, which remains in full force and effect throughout the duration of the stay until the order of the court. Uh, The development in the case of Franciscan, Franciscan, Franciscan Alliance, Inc. versus Price um, is, is, is the case to look up if you want to get into more details on that. Healthcare reform. Executive Order 13765, minimizing the economic burden of Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act pending repeal, does not release employers from making shared responsibility payments, according to two informational letters from the IRS last week. This is very obvious, but we got questions about it, and I'm glad they clarified. The executive order issued on January 20th, 2017, merely directs federal agencies to exercise their authority and discretion to reduce the ACA's potential burden. It does not change the law. Thus, the ACA's legislation provisions, including the obligation to play employer shared responsibility payments if owed, are still in force. Uh, Let's see next. The contraceptive coverage, affirming a district court's grant of summary judgment to the federal government, the Third Circuit 
determined that the religious exemption to the ACA's contraceptive mandate did not apply to a secular anti-abortion group with no religious affiliation. The appeals court also found that the mandate did not substantially burden the employee's religious beliefs. It has to be a organizational-wide religious belief. Uh, very different. That's the case, uh, Real Alternative Inks versus the HHS secretary. Next up, Medicare. The average basic premium for Medicare Part D prescription blood plan prescription drug plans is projected to be $33.50 per month in 2018, down from $34.70 per month in 2017, according to an announcement for the CMS, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services. While spending on the Part D program is increasing faster than other parts of Medicare, largely driven by high-cost specialty drugs, CMS said it is committed to making premiums affordable so that seniors and people with disabilities in Medicare can access the prescription drugs they need. That's very interesting. Uh, it's a first decrease I I've seen in ever, so that's interesting. Uh, consumer prices. The CPIW decreased 0.1% in July before seasonal adjustment. The index level of 238.617 was 1.6% higher than in July 2016. Minimum wages. Arizona's Proposition 206, the Fair Wage and Healthy Families Act, approved by voters in November 2016 to increase the state's minimum wage and establish earned paid sick leave, recently survived a challenge brought by the Chamber of Commerce in Arizona in the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industry versus Riley. The Arizona Supreme Court found that the initiative did not unconstitutionally propose a mandatory expenditure of state revenue without providing a source of funding, nor did it violate the separation, a uh, separate amendment rule or single subject rule of the state. Uh, in other news, unrelated to that, so Arizona's prop, uh, Proposition 206 is going through. In other news, Rhode Island has enacted a minimum wage increase as part of their 2018 budget bill. The hourly minimum wage will increase from 960 per hour to 1010 per hour in Janu on January 1, 2018, and 1050 per hour on January 1, 2019. Next up, employee ID numbers. The IRS has reissued Form SS4, which is the application for employer identification number. If you're still setting up your company or you're setting up a new one, you need the new one. There were really no substantive changes to the form itself, uh, but the initial update page now includes information about disregarded entities, if you, uh, if they had a disregarded entity notice. So read that over if you're one of those. Filers should rely on the update for those changes. Um, so let's see. Salary planning. Virtually, oh, this is interesting, virtually all employers, 99%, plan to give their employers a pay, employees a pay raise next year, according to a new salary planning survey from Willis Tower Watson. U.S. salary increases budgets are expected to average 3% for non-management, um, professional employees, management, and non-exempt employees, and 3.1% for executives. Employers are continuing to reward their best performers with significantly larger ragers for retention purposes and to strengthen their commitment to pay for performance. Productivity. Uh, second quarter of 2017, preliminary figures from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics show that the seasonally adjusted annual rates for productivity growth were 0.6% in the business sector, 0.9% in the non-farm business sector, 2.5% in manufacturing, 3.8% in durable manufacturing. So that's pretty darn good. Um, that's a good... Uh, that's, that's better than we've seen in quite a while on productivity growth. Turnover, final bit. Uh, turnover rate was 3.7% during June, according to the BLS's latest job openings and labor turnover survey, JOLTS. And uh, we can, if you want to know your turnover rate by industry, we can email you a copy of the table if you would like, or you can find it on our blog.
Next up, employment. Final thing, in July, unemployment rate dipped slightly to 4.3%, while payroll employment rose by 209,000. So um, the primarily increases for employment were in food service and drinking places, professional and business services, and healthcare. That's it. That's your week's update. Just basic uh, kind of numbers and state registration and laws and uh, healthcare reform. Hope it's been helpful. We'll be back tomorrow with more questions and answers and a deep dive uh, into topics that can help you set up and design your company's HR and um, processes and procedures to be a more efficient company. Thank you so much for tuning in to Don't HR Alone, number 56. I'm Rami Alijil, and I want you to go out there, have a wonderful day, and get your work done.